On this episode of Inside Boxing Live, it is Canelo Alvarez Fight Week. He's taking on John Ryder in Mexico for the first time in a very long time. So we'll give you everything you need to know about that fight. We got some more news on Ryan Garcia. Can't go a week on this show without talking about Ryan Garcia. Uh, Regis Progre is in the news. Deontay Wilder, unfortunately, is in the news for something that wasn't so great, but I think he'll be all right. Anyway, let's go. song in my head. Bam, bam, bam. What is up, everybody? Welcome in another edition of Inside Boxing Live. I am Dan Canobio. He is Chris Algieri, the former world champion, the man, the mayor of Plant City, Florida, uh, your go-to for all your cooking needs, and the man of the hour. How are you? I'm doing good. Doing good. Just, uh, just got the Plant City getting ready for these fights. Yeah, fights on Pro Box coming up this week, every two weeks. Pretty cool. I want ProBox needs to start giving me some cash for the amount that we talk about ProBox on this show. That's a good point. We should we should work out some kind of deal. Put me in touch with Mr. ProBox. Is that uh, his name? Mr. ProBox is a hard man to get a hold of, but I I, I got a, I got an in. Okay, yeah. So um, big weekend over in Plant City, or big week. I love that the midweek fights. Um, we got ourselves a big weekend in boxing. Uh, big because it's Canelo Alvarez. Of course, it's a big thing. He is the money man in in boxing still a lot of questions swirling around uh canelo uh we'll get to all that in in a little bit also um we'll start i guess with ryan garcia i thought we were putting a button on this fight i was like just when they i thought it was all over you know we did multiple episodes on it and multiple short form stuff on our social media ryan goes and splits from joe goosen uh what was your initial reaction to ryan uh splitting with joe i can't say i'm shocked because some of the things i heard no, I'm not surprised at all. Um, I mean, he's taking a page out of Oscar De La Hoya's book whenever he <laughs> lost the fight back in the day. He would switch trainers. Um, but also, I mean, uh, we spoke about it on air. There was, uh, maybe not on air. I, you and I definitely spoke about it. There was nothing I saw from Ryan Garcia's training leading up to the tank fight that I saw any difference. I mean, from from what he does, when he's, whether it was pad work or bag work or whatever. Um, and then in light of some of the things that came out, which you never know, there's, there's two, three four sides to every story but um yeah not 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 a shocker by by any means fourth trainer now at age 24 oscar had seven trainers in his career and i someone went back and found it he he changed trainers a lot early on in his career he definitely changed trainers a lot later in his career it's something that fighters do mostly later on when they're looking for something or they don't a lot of times it comes down to money I remember, uh, you know, Danny Jacobs, Andre Rozier, you probably knew all about that. Uh, they had a famous split. Uh, Gany Golovkin uh, and Abel Sanchez had a famous split um, because it comes down to money. Get to a certain level where, you know, 10% is a lot and they just want to give a flat fee. I don't think that was the case with Ryan and Joe. I think it was a case of not being on the same page. Um, once I heard Goosen say that line, he did an interview during the week of the fight. And he said, you don't train Ryan Garcia, you collaborate with him. What Have you ever heard that in all your days in boxing? Never heard it said outright like that, but I understand it. I know. Um, you know, listen, we're, we as a fighter, you got to be the boss of your camp, but you've got to also be able to take training, take tra- tra- take coaching. And I don't know a, a term. Someone saying something like that almost seems like. And again, go, alluding to what I said earlier about watching videos of him training, he didn't look like he was being coached to do anything different than he had ever done. So uh, you can lead a horse to water. 
And I was asked, like, who's going to be the, the, you know, the next trainer who could who could write the ship with Ryan? I'm like, no one. It's Ryan. If Ryan wants to write the ship, if he's willing to go back to the drawing board and learn, because the kid is so talented, he's so physically gifted, and and he has the roots and the fundamentals from literally childhood. But I mean, you have to repeat. It's got boxing is so difficult, and it's such a nuanced sport. It's something that has to be worked on consistently over time, week to week to week, month to month to month, year to year to year. Otherwise, you're going to plateau. Yeah. And the best guys in the world don't plateau. They keep getting better. Yep. Um, I know that uh, Ryan's family plays a big role in his team, his parents. His dad was his trainer for the big, a large portion of his life and in his professional career. Uh, his brother was in the corner on fight. And I know they were in his ear a lot in addition to Joe. Uh, so it was a lot of voices. We talked about that on a previous show. A lot of cooks in the kitchen between uh, between his promotional stuff with Oscar, and it's, I heard it's, it's a little icy there. They didn't show up to the post-fight presser. Uh, Joe now with his trainer, and I put out on on one of my videos I put out, it's like he's kind of at, I wouldn't say a career crossroads. It comes off as pretty dramatic. But, okay, he just suffered his first loss. He needs a new trainer. Uh, he's not getting along with his with his promotional team. I mean, that's a lot for, for a 24-year-old. It's a lot for someone at this stage in his career. So, yeah, he kind of is at, like, a very – big part of his career at age just 24 years old. hundred percent. He's at a crossroads of his career. If, if he doesn't make any changes, this is, this is the, I want to say the end of the line, but this is, I mentioned the plateau. This is where he stays. And if he doesn't make changes with his team and his camp and the way that he approaches the fights, uh, you know, I, I, I don't know how far he can really go. The ceiling just got a lot lower because of, of these kind of out of the ring situations. And, and um, if, I, like I said, if you're not progressing, you're, you're degrading. Yeah. That's I think how the sport is no, a hundred percent. You're you got to keep it moving forward, man. Oh yeah. Like you said, you're going backwards. Uh, Robert Garcia comes to mind. He is a California trainer. So Ryan's a California guy. I know Joe had to pick up and move to San Diego. I actually talked to Joe Goosen like two, two years ago when he first got hired by Ryan. And he was telling me how, like, it was a big decision for me. You know, I'm 68, 67, whatever old, old he is. And he's like, I got a family, I got grandkids. You know, Ryan wants me in San Diego. I had to talk about it with my family. So that's a big part of this. You know, Ryan Garcia seems like he wants his trainers to be with him in San Diego or wherever in, in Southern California. Robert Garcia comes to mind, offensive-minded coach, kind of somewhat of an, uh, you know, at least he gives off the impression that he's an, uh, you know, no-nonsense type of guy. What do you think about that fit? I mean, I trained with, with Robert for multiple camps uh, back in 2013-ish, 20-teens, whatever. Um, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, you mentioned Ryan as being this aggressive offensive guy. I don't like him fighting like that. I don't think that's where he's at his best. He's, he was better when he was fighting off his back foot, using that rangefinder jab and, and whipping counter left hooks. Him going forward, he just has too many fundamental flaws on his defense. Same position is in the right place. You cannot be an offensive fighter and your hands don't come back to your face. Right. And his, his hands don't. He, he throws a left hook and the right hand flies out and the chin goes up. Uh, those are things that, listen, I understand that. You could take photos of every fighter, me included, where the hands are down. Like that's just that's that, that happens. But with him, it just happens too consistently. So if you're going to be that type of fighter, hand position is really, really important. If you're going to be aggressive, I mean. But if you're a counterpuncher, it's different because he has the physical gifts, the length, the speed, the power. Um, make the guys come to you. When you're tall, you have that range advantage. Every fight starts at a distance. They have to get to you. And if you are taller, you start out with a competitive advantage. So for him to go forward all the time, he's giving up that advantage. And I don't think that's a great fit with a with a Robert Garcia type who, like you said, is very offensive minded, throws combinations. Ryan doesn't throw combinations. So, so what do you? I've seen some fighters say like, I think, 
you know, his deficiency is, is defense. So therefore, he should be with a defensive like an offensive fighter with offensive gifts, natural offensive gifts, should go with a trainer that specializes in defense. Fact or fiction? I don't. I don't agree. I don't agree with that either. I don't think that. I don't think his deficiencies in defense are means that he needs to go to a defensive coach where he's going to be rolling and sliding and slipping underneath shots and using upper body because that's not him either. Tall guys don't do that. He needs to utilize his range, his length, his like I said, his power, his his ability to pull the trigger and counter. Um, he's got a great judge of range. He's really good at that. And that you know, dude, that left hook is still a, a nasty, nasty punch and probably be so at forty too. So uh, I don't think you're going to go out there and change him and make him an upper body rhythm fighter where he's going to be rolling shoulders and sliding shots. That's not really him stylistically or mm-hmm. physically. Um, again, I think staying long, staying strong, countering, slowing down the pace because he's got the speed advantage. Is, is it's only going to it's only going to exp- you know it's going to really show bring it to light how fast how much faster he is than the guys that he fights if he slows down the total pace instead of just always seeking to destroy going forward. And getting clipped with shots. Is there one? Is there something about like maybe a trainer being like, wait a second, I don't know if I want to, for lack of a better term, get in bed with Ryan Garcia because look, he, he's kind of chewing up and spitting out these trainers. Like whether it's Canelo's team, whether it's Joe Goosen's team, it's like, do you want to be part? Of, yes, you'll be part of some big fights and you you make money. That's what it's all about, especially in the, in the training business. They do make money. Um, there might be a little trepidation from some of these top coaches. It's like I don't want to deal with someone that could potentially be you know, a collaborative camp or so much in the headlines and all that. A big part of camp and teams that gets looked over is the relationship between the trainer and the fighter and also the camp culture. So, you know, we, we talk about Anthony Joshua and his training with uh, Robert Garcia and he brought Robert over there and Robert came home and spoke candidly about the fact that I think it was a problem that he trained over there. He was comfortable over there. Now he's training over in in uh, in Texas with with Derek James, which I think was a good move. Getting uncomfortable is important. Being yeah. in, with a camp culture surrounded by a bunch of studs and lions who are working hard every day, it makes you elevate your game. So I, I think Ryan needs to be brought into a situation like that. Like he's had silk sheets before he had a title. It's usually the other way around. Doesn't have a title yet. So. Yeah, exactly. Still have a title. So, you know, he's made money. He's 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 been in control. He's been in the driver's seat. I think he needs to take a back seat and go into a camp where maybe he's not the top dog and he's got to earn his keep and and be competitive. Competitiveness is such a big part of 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 culture of a of a camp that makes fighters elevate. I, I can't I'm not sure I'm not sure if he's been in camps. Like, I'm, listen, I'm speaking from what I've seen. I don't know exactly, but um, I think if you have a coach who's who's a boss and is going to tell you to do things you need that you need to do, you're going to be around other killers who are trying to knock your block off too, um, and have big fights come around you. I think that that matters. Like that culture, that that air in in the room matters. Well, you know? so if that's the case, he wasn't he couldn't have been part of any bigger team than Canelo's. It was Canelo, Valdez, Frank Sanchez. Uh, there was a whole host of guys. They all left, yeah. the, but that wasn't really on Ryan. I feel like the more that comes out, I think Canelo and Eddie Reynoso puts a lot of attention with Canelo, rightfully so, and it seemed like a lot of fighters left that camp. Andy Ruiz was part of it one time. Um, we'll see. Maybe Ryan, maybe he will do that. He will find uh, an uncomfortableness when it comes to camp. Well, it's going to play out, that's for sure, and we're all going to know about it. Uh, one thing Ryan Garcia should do, he should go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app because right now we're in the middle of a – raging sports season uh my rangers just got eliminated the devils have moved on in the nhl it's all heating up over there the bruins lost they had 65 wins in the regular season and they got bounced uh the knicks earned full swing me and Shakur stevenson have a, a little side bet uh going on i see Knicks and six he says uh heat 
in five, but uh, baseball is in full swing um, for sure. Whether you're rooting for your team or you're betting on your favorite player, go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app um, right now. You can uh, new customers can bet five dollars and get one hundred and fifty dollars in free bonus bets. Bonus bets instantly. Plus, everyone can hit one out of the park with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. We like that. I love parlays. Why not get them stepped up? You can boost your winnings uh, each leg. You can add up to one hundred percent. I got the uh, the app open right now. And, I'm opening uh, mine up as we speak. I, I have yet to get up on there, but you're a new customer. You're eligible for this. I know. That's why <laughs> that's I listened to your ad and I'm like, hey, li- listen, I need to get on this. See, it works go. for even the co-hosts of the show. Uh new customers, like I said, five dollar bet. And you get one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets. Um I haven't really re- revealed my Canelo pick. I like the over. I'm just looking at that. And I also I'm looking at some futures in the NBA. Knicks. <laughs> to win the championship, Ronnie just looked at me like I had five heads. Plus twenty five hundred. A Canelo over eight and a half. I'm not, not not that I'm gonna do this. A Canelo over eight and a half, and the Knicks to win the championship. Plus that's a par. That's a parlay. That's a parlay and a half. Plus forty seven hundred odds. <laughs> but those are the types like, of odds. That's a that's a bridge too far, bud. That's the type of things you could. I mean. Even the Warriors are plus money. Uh, some futures. Take a look at some futures in the MLB. Take a look at some futures all around. Uh, you can do parlays. You can do everything on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Uh, join now on uh, DraftKings Sportsbook app. Download the app. Sign up with code IBL. That's the code you're going to want to use, Chris. IBL. New customers can bet just $5 and get $150 in bonus bets instantly. Only at DraftKings with code IBL. Uh, it's kind of sad that I'm out of breath. Um, Chris, whip me into shape. I'm breathing heavily. Mm, okay, we can spar. I'm set. No, that's the fastest way to get in shape. Spar. You know, I was thinking like maybe like a speed walk. Maybe like mm, a couple, couple push ups. Dude, you're 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 35, not 65. Let's uh let's let's ratchet it up. Did you see my era in Blitzball Battle Three? I did not. Go to my Instagram right now. I made a debilitating era. Cost you us are, the game. You're, you're killing me. I'm 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 still trying to sign up DraftKings here, and now you're telling me to check out your. your Do you say era? Error. Error. You're saying error. 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 My error ended error. with that error. Ronnie, thank you for clearing that up. Yeah. I thought he meant his ERA. I, was, I, was, I don't know. What oh, wow. Three different terms there. Yeah. Uh, if you haven't checked out the Blitzball battle, I know uh, we're going through two different worlds here, but you should check it out. Even if you're a boxing fan, listen to our show on the Warehouse Games YouTube page. I went up against Trevor Plouffe, former major leaguer, hit 106 home runs in the show. Um, game on the line. Ground balls hit to me. Booted it. Don't spoil. It's out already. Uh, I guess. Booted it. Next pitch. Ploof hits a walk-off home run. <laughs> and I never look more old. They chanted old. Usually they chant old when I'm doing something good. The old when you after an error hits different. Error. Yeah. Error. 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 Tune he's, in tonight. He's from Long Island, Ronnie. It's, we, we, we speak a different language. I don't have that bad of a Long Island accent, do I? No, no. No, you That's don't. a good thing. You're worse than me, but... Um, Some other news in the boxing world. Regis Progray is reportedly signing a three-fight deal with Matchroom Boxing. Um, The more I think about this, the more, okay, makes a little bit of sense. I mean, the guy is 34 years old, finally uh, recaptures a world title this past, last year, right? Um, He's got a piece of the title at 140. And for years, this guy has been frozen out of big fights because he either signed Probellum, um, he was independent, whatever. He was always on the outside looking in, especially after the Super 6 series when he lost uh, to Josh Taylor. 
now that he's got the belt, there's guys avoiding him, like Jose Ramirez. He's not getting these big fights, and now he's a free agent, which is a great thing to be in boxing, especially when you're 34 years old and you have a title and you, you're, you're panning out the rest of your career. Matchroom is an interesting choice for him because all they have at 140 is Richardson, Hitchens, and Jack Catterall. Fun fights, but not the fights that we really want to see. Now, Devin Haney is still at 135. He says, I might stick around 135 to fight Tank. I might stick at 135 to fight Stevenson. But he's talked about going to 140 for several years now. Could Haney go back to Matchroom? If Haney goes back to Matchroom, then that's another name for Progray to fight. Haney versus Program Matchroom on zone would be cool. Then you take a look around some of the other champions, Chris. Uh, Subriel Matias is with the PBC. Uh, you got Josh Taylor, who is, has two belts. He's with Top Rank, and he's facing Teofimo Lopez, who, from what he says, is on his last fight with Top Rank. That's what he says, though. So the way I look at this, very fractured. There's a lot of moving parts. Like, if Haney goes to Matchroom, then it makes sense. If Haney stays at ESPN and Top Rank, I think that Progress should go to Top Rank because that's where the biggest fights are. But also, this is why I want to ask you, you're a fighter. You're a guy that signs deals uh, because you want to make the most money. He's probably going to take, which he did, the biggest money offer out there, which was for Matchroom. That's my long-winded look at Regis Progress. Well, you said he's 34. He, he's had some good paydays. Um, he's now a two-time world champion. Um, you want the biggest fights possible, and you need them kind of quick. But listen, the landscape changes so fast. So if he signed a sweetheart deal with opponents that aren't going to be massive, you know, the, the money's the money. So get the, get that get those get the bag, and then if the big fights materialize, because listen, you're in demand. They'll get made. And we're seeing that more now. We're seeing cross-promotional fights happening more and more these days, which is a beautiful thing for boxing. It's so needed. So I wouldn't worry as much. It's not like it was 10 or 15 years ago where if you sign to Matchroom or, or X promotion, you're stuck with that promotion. So um, I think that's probably a smart smart move on, on uh, team program. It's a smart move, like, yeah, from the standpoint of a fighter and making the, the best financial uh, deal. He's made a lot of money in his career. But he hasn't really been in a super fight. It's kind of crazy. Besides the Taylor final, which was 2019, he made a lot of money with Probellum, like a million dollar payday to fight Ivan Redcatch. He made a lot of money. I think that was Triller. He made a lot of money with Probellum while they were still in business. And you thought, okay, now that he's a free agent, he's 34, like he'll obviously go to top rank because that's where a lot of the 140 guys are. Um, but that's not the yeah, case. Yeah, but, but, but money doesn't pay the way that some of the other guys do. So there's a reason Top Rank's been in business a long time. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, they're they very smart with the way they right. make you earn. You know, listen, they pay their guys when they get it, but they make you earn it on the way up. And you got to fight tough, tough fights all the time for, quote, unquote, lower money. Um, so, uh, listen, I was able to fight for a bunch of different promotions, and I went for the money and the best fights. Yeah. And because I was not tied down to any singular promoter, I was able to get the biggest fights while on top of making good money. So... It's a little bit different. Like you said, being a free agent is a good thing, especially at 34, but time is ticking. Time is ticking. You know, time People is think ticking. he's young. He's not. I mean, in boxing life, he's not. He's 34. No. Like no, 34 he, is not young for 140. No. I mean, I'm happy for him. I, I root for him. I think he's universally beloved in boxing because he just gives you really good fights and he's no nonsense. He's like a throwback type of fighter. And just to go back, every promotional company has their 
their pluses and minuses. Like ESPN, maybe you say doesn't pay the uh, top rank doesn't pay the top dollar, but you probably get the most exposure fighting on on ESPN Matchroom. You get the probably the most money. It seems like. But you're also fighting on the zone, which isn't uh, ESPN, and with Matchroom, especially, you're not getting these big fights like Hitchinson, not a huge fight. Jack Catterall, not a huge fight. Not that we're not but, demanding that. But so you're saying then there's no absolutes when you're talking about specific promotions because then it's like, well, who do they got? Exactly. But again, it, I'm, I'm I'm harkening back to where we are now in 2023, where we're seeing cross promotional fights, and and I think Progre has enough juice outside of just the promotion that they'll 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 go and try and make those bigger fights because they can. And that is the caveat of this deal, I believe. Yeah. Um, Progray versus like uh, Devin Haney at 140 would be fun. Progray versus Ryan Garcia. Progray at 140. Progray versus Taylor. Progray versus Tia Fimo. Uh, I want to see all those fights. Those are awesome mm-hmm. fights. And hopefully we do see those no matter where uh, he signs with. Quickly before we get to Canelo, um, did you see that Deontay Wilder was arrested overnight in Los Angeles um, I saw the tweet come across uh, from boxing scene. Deontay Wilder arrested in L.A., charged with possession of a concealed weapon. Uh, I quote tweeted and said, what, his right hand? <laughs> Good one. I'll be here all week. <laughs> yeah. Nailed That's those. a cannon, though. It's very different. It's not, it's not a pistol. That thing is a cannon. Um, not- yeah, I mean, I think, he, I think he just forgot where he was. California, you can't. Well, he was. There was. Guns like that. Yeah, there was. Alabama weed. is very different. Yes, there was weed uh, in the car. They smelt it, so maybe he did forget where he was. Get it? Well, oh my God, is, I'm is, rolling right now. Weed is is allowed <laughs> in California. Guns are not. Alabama is probably the opposite. Guns allowed, weed not. So he just <laughs> forgot where he was. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anything's going to come of this. Like, he already got bail. Yes. I mean, he tweeted out, like, I'd rather be safe than sorry. Totally agree. Like, maybe hire a security team. Like, you don't have to carry guns, but if it makes you feel comfortable, I'm not trying to get into a whole gun discussion here on the show out of nowhere. But, like, whatever. Like, it's not the first fighter to carry a gun, not the last fighter to carry a gun. I think he's going to be just fine, and he'll be in the ring. Uh, it's not going to prevent him from any fights. No. I don't think this is a big deal. I saw that, and I was like, eh, all right. I mean. You just yeah, kept scrolling. The guy's from Tuscaloosa. Come on, the guys. Guns are cool there. You can, I'm not cool, but like you can have a gun. Like it's yeah. not. It's not uh, illegal to, to have a, a, a carry. And I think that might actually be a, a non-licensed carry state, because a lot of a lot of hunting states allow um, not having a concealed carry license per se, because everybody's hunting. You have guns in your car all the time. So, hey, what's what's rule number one of boxing? Protect yourself at all times. Okay, that's why you have a gun. Bingo. <laughs> Nailed that one. Yeah. When you're six foot seven and can knock out a camel, I'm not sure you necessarily need a gun. We'll but shoot it afterwards. I, make sure it's really it. dead. <laughs> what are we doing here? Um, let's right. move on to Canelo. That is our gun segment uh, brought to you by Smith and Wesson. Oh, no. Wait, we're not brought to you by them. Uh, not yet. Um, let's get into Canelo Alvarez. He's back, everybody. He's back. And he says that he wants to be a pro golfer. That is a, a headline that also came out today. You never know what you're going to get in the boxing headlines. Like, you pull up Twitter, like that guy Michael Benson with two N's, uh, the aggregator. I don't even know if he's a real human. Uh, tweeted out that uh, Canelo, Canelo said, I, after I'm done boxing, I want to be a pro golfer. I want to be on the PGA Tour. That's pretty cool. It is cool. I would I would, I would, support that thoroughly. Good for him. That's right? awesome to have a, a transition. Uh, they make a ton of money. And, and I mean, he's I, good. I've heard he's good. He's awesome. He's that good. But He'll probably, he can get his way on because of his celebrity, but... There's some pike. Sure. I mean, you still you don't want to go out there and just you yeah. know. You got to win the open. Sink it up. Yeah, there, you got to be, got to be, got to be good. There are probably some people out there that are gonna look way into it and be like, he's already thinking about retirement. He's got one foot out the door. 
yeah, stop it. <laughs> it's his first fight in Mexico uh, since 2011. This is crazy. 22 straight fights in the USA, um, beginning with that Mosley fight on the Mayweather Cotto undercard that I was there for my first time in Las Vegas, and I remember this vividly. Rodney that was Harris, the first U.S. fight. That was his last. That was from that point oh, on to now. That was the last Mexico fight. No, before that was a Mexico fight with Cintron. So then his fight after Cintron in November 2011 in Mexico City was Mosley in Vegas. And then from Mosley till now, it's all USA. And I remember this vividly. It's my first time in Las Vegas. I was working as a celebrity spotter for ES for HBO. So I got to walk around with a camera and we had to find all the celebrities in the crowd and, you know, shoot their little cameo. And Rodney Harrison. Oh, spot or like spot someone. Yeah, like there's Tom Brady. Okay. Like there's Tom Brady. Let's get the camera on him. So when they cut to all the celebrities that are there. I thought you had to sit behind the, the cameraman and spot <laughs> him to make sure that he could hold the camera on his I shoulder. think I did that too. I was kind of like a grunt man. It was my little first job out of college, uh, work like interning, whatever, with, H, with HBO. And uh, Rodney Harrison, former Patriots uh, standout player, was like, yo, who's this guy in the ring? I'm like, yo, it's Canelo. Canelo Alvarez, he's like, he's the next thing. He's like, no, he's he's nice. Because he was piecing up Mosley, an old Shane Mosley in that one. Yeah. But that's how long ago it was uh, since Canelo has fought um, in Mexico. Uh, a lot of questions about Canelo Alvarez here. For the first time in a long time, we're questioning him. Um, let's take a look at his 2022. He loses to Bivol. We talked about this a lot on the show. Big mistake, we said. Shouldn't have done it. He loses to Bivol pretty decisively. Then he goes to a Golovkin fight. That really no one asked for. Uh, it was the type of fight that Eddie Hearn was promising to zone shareholders. We got it. Fight did move the needle at all. Business-wise, fight-wise, fight was kind of a dud. Has hand surgery. So now, for the first time in a long time, Chris, we're questioning Canelo Alvarez. We're wondering, is he on the tail end of his career at age 32 because he's approaching 70 pro fights, been in this game for a really long time? Do you think it's time to start questioning Canelo Alvarez? I'm not saying it's not the right time, but I'm saying I haven't seen enough yet. Because of what you just said, thinking about this, this this is the whole talk. Are we, are we on the tail end of, a, of Canelo? Is he on the slide? He's 32, so physiologically he's still in, in his physical prime. He's had a long career, though. But going off the Bivol fight, that's just a stylistic nightmare of a matchup. So I, I don't think that he's on the slide because of that fight it just that was a wrong matchup bad matchup young hungry champion who turned out to be way better than everyone thought mm -hmm. and he still fought well i mean he, he did what he could just didn't have anything for that style he and Bibble was just too good too strong too big then the triple g fight like you said I, who was asking for that fight i mean I think canelo and triple g were because there was a lot of money for them but otherwise like how up for that fight was canelo uh, we knew. I, I think we all knew he was going to win that fight, and he kind of fought that way. It was workmanlike. He also hurt his hand, so he couldn't really sustain. Because I expected him to finish Triple G. Because uh, I, I remember the Murata fight with Triple G getting hit with right hands by, <laughs> I mean, seriously unheralded Murata, and and I was like, oh boy, Canelo starts fast with this guy, and also he got hurt to the body. So I'm like, oh man, Canelo yep. is uh, got a very sharp right hand. And I, and is one of the best left hookers to deliver in the, in the game. Mm -hmm. So if Murata's hurting him, I mean, Canelo's going to stop him. So a little underwhelming in that performance. But again, listen, from someone who's hurt their hands in fights, it changes the whole dynamic of the fight. Your camp goes out the window. Like Everything you worked on changes because all you're, you're thinking about that hand, you're protecting it, you can't throw the combinations that you're throwing, you can't throw the punches you're working on, changes everything. So I, I think it's too soon to be like, oh, well, you know, 
Canelo's on, on his last leg or whatever. I, I haven't seen enough of him yet, especially performing at, at, at a level that would make me think that he's not there. Because, listen, right before Bibble was what? Who was that? Uh, Plant. Looked, looked awesome. Looked in that awesome. Fight. He got the height of his powers. I mean, he was. Looked awesome in that fight. He looked unbeatable in that fight. Right. And before that was. Uh, BJ Saunders. Saunders. He was incredible. It was, he was in the middle of his run. He was in the middle of his run uh, at 168, unifying the belts in, in 12 months. Boxing is amazing. Like, you go from literally unbeatable in everyone's mind to, ah, he's, he's, he's over the hill. It's interesting. It's fun from my, my standpoint of, like, bringing up these questions and narratives. Like, we were just over-the-top praise for the guy, rightfully so, for about three years. Um he was on top of the game. He was doing things that we didn't even think was possible. Going up to 175, beating Kovalev, unifying 168 in a calendar year, uh, putting 70,000 in Jerry World, doing incredible things. And I will give props to a fighter when they deserve it. He was carrying the sport, especially in 2020 when the sport was in serious trouble with the pandemic and, and all that. Like He was one of the only positive things. He actually fought during the pandemic in February against Andrew Yildirim. Fight sucked, but it was something. You were there. It was, it was something to watch. I remember being like pumped on a Saturday in February to see Canelo blast out uh, Yildirim in two rounds. It was also in Miami. It was a super cool stadium. Like That, yeah. was, a, that, was, that was interesting. That was the first big major fight in Miami in, in I don't even know how long. That was a big deal. Right. They, 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 they find ways to make it a big deal with Canelo because it's Canelo. Yeah. But yeah, I, I I totally agree. Yeah, so now we're it's it's fine to question him and I think he might actually use it as fuel and he actually might be saying like I mean listen, he's at the top of the top. He's made so much money, he's accomplished everything. 32 years old, he's not saying he wants to slow down anytime soon or, or retire. So maybe he needs that little bit of extra motivation and oh, you're going to doubt me? Okay. Um, I'll go fight uh Benavides or I'll go fight Abivol again, like which we do want to see, but he's got to get uh past uh, John Ryder. But one other narrative in, in this fight is nothing to do with John Ryder. It has all to do with the mounting pressure on Canelo to fight David Benavides. There is an appetite right now for big fights. We saw that with Ryan and Tank mega event. It's time to give the fans what they want to see. It is shown that if the best fight the best, uh, people come out. People come out and people will pay. Like we said, Canelo's last fight with Golovkin was stale. It didn't move the needle. His last fight with Bivol was only notable because he lost. So I think it's time right now to give the fans what they're clamoring for. I want to see Canelo versus Benavidez next. I think he's going to be asked about it a lot during this fight week. He's already been asked about it nonstop. Put the pressure on him. Fight Benavidez. Get him now before he gets any better. Give us another mega event. Listen, you know I agree with that. I've been saying that for a couple months now. But the only two fights that anyone's going to be talking about after this fight, if Canelo beats Ryder is Bivol and, and Benavides. And I, I, I don't like the, ben, the, the Bivol route. And even now, Canelo's talking about, oh, I got to fight him at 75 because people are not going to give me credit if I beat him at 68. So, yeah, Benavides is the one that makes the most sense. And I think that's really what we're going to see in, in the fall. And listen, that's a mega fight. You think so? That's Oh, yeah. That's going to get... Dude, it's, it's Mexican versus Mexican. So let's place you a gotta, wager then. You, can't, you cannot ever underestimate the Mexican fans and how they come out for their base. And they got, yeah, man, that's that's the fight that everybody wants. He's fighting an undefeated young stud who looked great against Caleb Plant just a few months ago. That's a mega fight. And it that's is. Gonna, that's going to get people to come out. I think because it's, it's either going to be it's either going to be the extension of the legend of of, of Canelo Alvarez, or it's going to be the, the the birth of of David Benavides as a, as a legitimate 
world-class superstar love it i mean you're gonna sell that fight to me anymore like i mean i agree with everything you said there. i just told myself yeah I, I, sir i'm ready yeah, to I run through whatever. a wall <laughs> I, I do want to see that fight so bad but like i honestly don't think we're gonna i think he's gonna fight bivol next <sighs> and it's just gonna come down to a matter of what weight it's gonna be at um the stupid wbc won't sanction uh bivol better be of at because of so Bivol's, so I don't even want to get into his ties to Russia and the war. It's just so dumb. How are you going to hurt the athlete? Right? Come on, man. It's ridiculous. Suleiman's an idiot. Um, Insane. I think he's going to fight Bivol next. It's just a matter of it's going to be at 175 or it's going to be at 168. Canelo, uh, Bivol says, I want it at 168. And I want it for all your belts. Put the pressure on Canelo. Love that. Uh, back him up against uh, a corner a little bit. And Canelo says, no, if I do it at 168, everyone's going to criticize me. They didn't give me any credit for dropping up to 175. BS. Everyone gave you credit for dropping up to 175. You're Canelo Alvarez. Like, everyone talked about that. You just came up short, which it should be fine to all fans, but it's not because Canelo at the top has a lot of haters. I honestly think he's, he's going to fight Bivol next. Um, they'll find a way to do it on with Matchroom and DAZN. Eddie will do anything he can. Uh, they just signed a three-year extension Matchroom with DAZN. They want to keep Canelo in there. They're, Canelo seems very comfortable with Eddie and Matchroom. He wants to avenge that loss. Then he's, and in his mind, he'll probably be like, Benavides will always be around. Yeah, I mean, if he's going for legacy, if he gets, if he gets that win over Bivol... Um, the problem there is, unless it's an all-time classic, are we going to have to see a third then? Oh, uh, And then uh, Bivol and Canelo. Canelo wins the second fight. I think it's put to bed then. Is it? Yes. I think he's well, it would be to go to the wealth a third time. Is that time? fair, though? Bivol then is going to get on the podium and be like, hey, listen, he, he, he won, I beat him once, he beat me yeah, once. But it's Bill, he's, he's, he, no offense to Bivol. If he says anything, like, does anyone really care what he says? <laughs> I mean, listen. No disrespect at all, but obviously, he's not. Obviously, Canelo cares what, what, what the fans say. So he's starting to listen to fans, which is crazy. Do you think you'd see that? Like reading that headline today, it's like, well, the fans aren't going to give me credit if I go to one. It's like, I've never heard Canelo. Like he's, things are starting to set in for him, which is, it's natural. I mean, it's boxing. Like you said, like to be on top for that long. And it's only a handful of guys that have ever been on top for as long as Canelo has been. Chris, I'll ask you right now. How does John Ryder win this fight? How does he pull off the upset of 2023? He has to make it ugly. He's got to go in there. You know, he's a very crafty guy. He's physically strong. Um, he, he's different body type than Canelo's used to fighting. He's actually really – Canelo's really good at fighting taller guys. So is John Ryder. But um, I think that John has to make this a really ugly fight in front of the inside. Give give a look that he gave to Daniel Jacobs in the second half of that fight where he was really mauling him, using his forearms to push him off, hitting him on the inside, letting his hands go in combination once they were close. And I think he's going to need to get past that middle distance – on Canelo if he's going to stand a chance. And if he can get inside and, and, and keep busy, because Canelo's not the most busy guy. He likes to load up on his power shots and counter punches. So if John Ryder can get within that range and go to work on the inside, he can make this a fight. He's very sturdy. I mean, he looks sturdy. I like the over eight and a half. Uh, you're right. Um, Canelo isn't a busy guy. He throws about 40 punches around. The thing with Ryder, he only throws 38 punches around. So he's going to have to up that. Uh, 36% of his landed shots are body shots. Uh, I like that from him. I was looking at Canelo versus Southpaws. John Ryder is a Southpaw. Canelo has historically struggled with Southpaws. Um, he's faced five Southpaws. So Billy his, Joe Saunders. Right. But even that fight, Saunders had moments. Like, he's been out-jabbed by all five Southpaws he's faced, but he's overcome it with insane power. 48% of his power shots against Southpaws. Um, that bodes very well. well 
for uh, uh, Canelo. But the thing with, with Ryder is he's not like a slickster. He's not a slick southpaw like Bivol, uh Saunders, or Lara. He's, like you said, a mauler. So I, I think Canelo will be able to neutralize a lot of the things that Ryder's going to do in there. But comes down to it is, like, we talked about this with Joshua. There's, like, Canelo, like a like a decision victory would obviously be great because then we'll move on to bigger fights, Canelo. But do you think, like, a knockout is needed for Canelo to really be like, yep, I'm back? Yes, because a lot of the global fans don't know John Ryder. They don't know how good he is. They're seeing this as a mismatch. Like, who is this guy? But I think to the boxing world who knows how capable John Ryder is, I think a decision will probably be just fine. Uh, but listen, when you're when you're the face of boxing and you're the money train, you got to perform. You got to step up. So if he goes out there and he stops John Ryder, that's a that's a big deal. Yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to it. I know it's a pay per view, and fans have a little bit of pay per view fatigue, uh, especially with the zone who had a nightmare. Uh, of a night on the Ryan Tank, uh, you know, not being able to see some uh, uh, some fans weren't able to see it. Uh, they didn't get refunded. Uh, there isn't a lot of like good buzz around this fight. Uh, it's just Canelo, and I'll, I'll be watching. And I know a lot of fans will be watching. We'll be doing some type of stuff after the fight, uh, whether it's a live show or or something on Sunday morning, going over it because I think Canelo comes out on top. I think he will win this fight, and then we're just going to be looking toward the next thing. It's going to be Benavidez, Benavidez, B-Ball. He's going to be just, what's next? What's next? We want to see Canelo in big fights. We want to see what's next. So that's a big storyline in this fight. One last thing before we say goodbye. I want to say thanks to everybody who's given us um, a lot of kind words on our Shakur Stevenson interview. Um, it was our first fighter interview together. Uh, Shakur was awesome. I kind of shied away from doing fighter interviews lately because you know this, Chris. You've done a lot of them as a fighter in the lead up to fights. And, you know, it's... You don't always get a lot of info out of them because the fighters are either making weight or they just you know don't want to talk. They're not in a media mode. But Shakur is awesome, and it was awesome to see like how mature he is and like see fans comment on that and kind of understand where we were coming from. So I appreciate all the the kind words from our interview with Shakur. Yeah, I'm a bigger fan of him now. If they're if they're having us having him on the show because he was, I mean, listen, the, the kid is dialed in in every way. Dialed in when it comes to training, dialed in when it comes to fighting, dialed in when it comes to interviews. I mean, he, he is uh, – all you young guys should be paying attention to Shakur, even though he's a young guy. But he's on a whole different level when it comes to mental preparation and preparedness. So, yeah, I mean, very, very high. I'm, I'm even more bullish on Shakur now than, than before. Yeah, go to our uh, YouTube page, Inside Boxing Live on YouTube. You Go check out that interview. Uh, go check out this weekend. Uh, this week, too, we have a really good preview uh, that we shot a few weeks back in our live lounge uh, Canelo Ryder preview, and we'll have a plenty of stuff after the fight, especially over on socials, John Boy Boxing, and all that good stuff. Uh, I really never ask any of you guys to go out and follow and like and subscribe, but that always helps. All right, Chris, we have, should we should we should ask people to do that. For I know it's like a thing that you know, like, dude, we got so much love when we were at the Javante uh, Davis fight from everybody that we ran across. We ran to so many people just walking around the carpets of the casino. People like, hey, we love your show. You guys are yeah. great. So you know what? Go go sign up. I'll ask. You're not gonna ask. You're, you're, I'll be the guy. Go 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 sign up. Go click the follow button. Like and comment. There you go. Wow. You're a okay. That's it. You're officially a media guy. Chris just told everyone to go like and subscribe to our YouTube page. Chris, that's it. I'm. I can cry. I can honestly cry. You're officially a media guy now. We did it. I woke up a pundit. I don't know what happened. <laughs> Everybody, protect yourselves at all times. Keep your hands up at all times. Don't carry a concealed weapon in Los Angeles. And uh, we out. <laughs>